0: Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning. We're very glad you all are here. I offer a special welcome to those of you who are visiting with us for the first time this morning. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there is a spark of the divine in every person. It is in the spirit of that heritage that I say, let us greet the holy in our midst, by turning to the person to your right and left, and welcoming them here this morning. Now will you please say with me the words by which we light our chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. In the light of truth and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. Good morning, Marcia Sharp, your lay leader this morning. Our reading is number 564 in the back of your hymnal by Alice Walker. Love is not concerned. Love is not concerned with whom you pray or where you slept the night you ran away from home. Love is concerned that the beating of your heart should kill no one. People wonder and ask as we ask ourselves what does hold Unitarian Universalism together? If we don't have a creed, what holds us together? One of the things is um, our seven principles that we all agree to affirm and promote. And one is that we all believe the authority to recognize truth lies within us. We believe that revelation is ongoing and not given one time only in a book, and each congregation is free to write its own mission statement, which this congregation has, and we wrote it on the wall and we say it every Sunday, and this is at the center of what we do here. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Now is the time in our service when we breathe deeply together, where we breathe into that part of our heart where the still point is. It is in this still place that we find clarity and compassion, that we are able to look into the eyes of the suffering and not look away that we are able to rejoice with those who are happy and not look away. It is in this place that we speak to God as we understand God or that we listen to our inner wisdom or that we just breathe until we are quiet. Let us enter the silence together. Well, this weekend is all about love, you know that. We've been sending greetings of love to our family and to our friends and to our kids and to our parents. And some of the greetings are romantic and some are ironic and some are comedic and um, some are sexy and sweet and some are really grumpy. You know that love comes in all shimmering shades of the rainbow, including what I hear, shades of gray, about which the Unitarian Universalist group Leather and Grace has come out with a statement, and I urge you to look it up online. You may have heard me say that the purpose of life is to learn to love and be loved. That's my story. That's what I've come up with. It has no bearing on what you have to come up with about the purpose of life, but you're welcome to it if you want it, and there it is. I love the songs that we're using today because they are honest about a certain kind of love. They talk about the awkward times. I can only be honest from my own experience on my own studies. When I was in seminary, we were studying Reformed Theology. It was a Presbyterian seminary up in Princeton, New Jersey. We learned that love was an act of will. You will yourself to love someone. And I married a classmate, and he and I were married for 17 years, and we both um, had been taught that you choose every day to love the person you love. And when uh, I used to teach human sexuality, and he would come and be on a panel about love and marriage and whatever, and he would say to my students, well, you lo- love is an act of will. and You just will yourself to love. And I was kind of embarrassed by that because I wanted somebody to say, oh, I just can't help loving her. She's so fabulous. Um, but that is not what I heard. And it was kind of unsatisfying. I wanted to be loved passionately and unreasonably. (laughs) After many years, I decided to end the marriage, and I thought that maybe this was one of the reasons, the 173 reasons. And I thought maybe that when I left, he could just will not to love me anymore. And as it turned out, that was not the case, and it was horrible and crazy and terrible. And any of you who have been divorced know what I'm talking about. Some people say love is complicated. In the Christian scriptures, there's a description of love that I like very much. It's in a letter by Paul to the people in Corinth, a letter of Corinthians. And it's read at lots of weddings and it says, among other things, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the good. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So that's one thing I love about the Christian scriptures is that they go to the trouble of describing love in this way. And another thing that I love about the Christian scriptures is that they proclaim as a foundational proclamation that God is love. And I admire those who are in that faith, which I am not anymore, who stand with both feet on that foundational proclamation that God is love. And I find it interesting that some people sometimes who are in that faith seem to forget about that foundational principle and they imagine a God who is not patient or kind, who's envious and boastful and easily angered, and who definitely keeps a record of wrongs. Do they not read their own scriptures? One time I was giving a talk in a Presbyterian church in Atlanta, and I was talking about the scriptures as they speak to themselves, you know, how you can refer to the scriptures to understand other scriptures. And I said, for example, we're told to love our enemies, so if you believe in Satan, does that mean God loves Satan? Two people got up and walked out. There are exceptions, apparently. But I like that idea of God as patient, kind, not jealous, not boastful, not rejoicing in the wrong, not easily angered. That is the God I would choose to believe in. Human love relationships are not always patient and kind. We try. We try to be patient and kind. especially parents with children, it's really hard to be patient all the time. I raised two boys. Sometimes I would say, boys, mommy's patience is down to here. They'd say, mom, uh, light a candle, take a bath. Uh, I'd be like, how about you quit hitting the tops of my tulips with your baseball bat? They were lovely boys, and they never gave me a minute's trouble. <laughs> That's all I remember now. They say the happiest uh, partner, spouse, marriage, relationships are the ones where people have a really bad memory. If Scott Fitzgerald wrote that there are many loves, but never the same love twice. Some of us are in love right now and others are between loves. Some are in long-term relationships and others are in ones that have just been born. I love the text for this song by the Magnetic Fields that you heard, the Book of Love. Kaya and I used the lyrics to that song in our wedding last year. And my favorite part of it is where he sings, I love it when you read to me and you can read me anything. Any page from the Book of Love. The Book of Love has music in it. In fact, that's where music comes from. Some of it is transcendental and some of it is really dumb. But I love it when you sing to me. And you can sing me anything. Anything. I think that shows um, courage. That's vulnerability. Open to hearing about dumb things and transcendental things, instructions for dancing, opening heart-shaped boxes. Who knows what's inside? So many of us have rules for love. You open it, you close it. You dropped it, you pick it up. I'm not picking up your laundry. You're the one that dropped it. It's yours. You pick it up. I'm not bringing your jacket in from the car. It's your jacket. You bring it in. You hurt me, I hurt you. Don't talk to me about your exes. Don't talk to me about money, about my drinking or my using. For me personally, it's don't talk to me about nutrition for longer than 30 seconds. Some people believe me about this, and others just go, oh. I had a reflexologist one time, or was she an acupuncture anyway? She was one of the spiritual people that don't blink and have a voice like this. So She was being very earnest and spiritual with me and telling me about um, something, bee pollen maybe. And she was like, if you get in the capsules, it's less than no good. You have to get it fresh, and you have to have a special coffee grinder, and you have to grind it up, and you have to, oh, flaxseed, that's what it was. Anyway, um, I said, okay, I'm at my limit for hearing about it. <laughs> and then you it. I'm like, really, you need to stop talking about this right now. I'm going to go get a cheeseburger and eat it in front of you. <laughs> I also have trouble with music theory. Sorry, Brian. Sorry, Brent. Don't tell me about 251 substitution in jazz theory. Don't try to teach me soulfish. If you start do, re, mi, fa, soing, I'm out of here. But I'm wrong about that. See, if I want to say in my wedding, you can sing me anything, you can read to me from any page, then I have to listen to 251 substitution in jazz. I think there's plenty of stuff that masquerades as love but instead is accusing and needy, which is a terrible combination. It's tit for tat or it's abusive or it's eye-rolling. They say the quickest way to kill somebody's soul is to roll their eyes at what they say. Or it's ignoring or withholding or toxic. I'm not going to talk about all those today. I think that's for another sermon series. Maybe we'll call it the Bad Romance Series. But real love is what I'm talking about. And real love is not always hearts and flowers. It's It can hurt, and it's challenging, and it can still be difficult. But as you're struggling, as you're in the middle of struggling, as you're talking about the difficult things, as you're Getting down and dirty in the, in the pit of your own fears or your own um, worries that you know you would rather not talk about, but here you are because you want to be intimate with this other person and if there's this big piece of you they don't know, then intimacy is harder, then you're in the middle of doing that difficult stuff and you, at your core you know this is what I want. This is what I want to be doing. And if it's not right, at your core, when you're talking about difficult things, there's just a voice that says, go, go, save yourself, go, go. You don't hear that voice, that's good. I think good love is good medicine, whether it's romantic or parental or friendly or love with your... Animal companions, not romantic, but just animal companion love, or even just love when you see it in other people. You watch people be loving with each other. Um, there's a reason, you know. We pass around those Facebook videos of elephants who are friends with dogs and goats who are friends with donkeys, and we um, we love watching people and you know animal people um, love each other. Love is powerful. It is, it is my belief, which again has nothing to do with what you have to believe, that every loving action from the beginning of time, even before there were humans, every loving action leaves a trace. Its power leaves a trace. And all those traces flow together and stay. And that that river of love is what I call God. And that is what we add to by doing loving things. In that way, we participate in building God, and we feel God flowing through us, if you want to call it that, or love. And so that's about loving, and I want to also talk about being loved. And I wrote a piece one time about feeling loved and accepting that feeling, so I want to read that to you. I didn't even make a New Year's resolution this winter. I'm not sure why. For the last 10 years or so, my resolutions have been very short, and they've come to mind one by one in late December. The first one was, tell the truth. I never thought I didn't tell the truth, but as I tried to keep the resolution on a moment-to-moment basis, I realized how much a sweet, small lie lubricates social interactions I found a way around those and counted the months till I could indulge in them once again. About some things, you just have to lie. Clogging, for example. I had someone ask me once how I liked clogging. I was living in the Appalachian region, and there's a right good bit of it going on at fairs and festivals. I answered that clog dancing held a very special place in my heart. It does. The place where I imagine hell. (laughs) If there were one, and what it would be like. And for me, it would be filling out paperwork while a flatbed truck full of white people clogged in the background to a speeded-up track of Give Me That Old Time Rock and Roll. Telling the truth was what I paid attention to during that whole year, discovering that my untruths Mainly consisted of lies I told myself. Be quiet was the next year's resolution. It floated into my head during prayer and meditation, and I did an inner double take. What? I make my living speaking. How can I be quiet? The universe responded with quiet. I had to figure it out. It turned out that I needed to pay attention to being quiet inside to not having to have an answer for every question I was asked, to being content to let others dominate a group discussion, and to not voicing every opinion I had in my head. Over the years, there have been some easy resolutions and some hard ones. Who could have known that the year I resolved to enjoy life would turn into one big challenge? There you go. This year, no resolution came to mind. I've been working on a question, though, What would it be like if you felt really loved? Maybe the resolution is to wonder about this question. When I feel loved, my mind breathes better. My body relaxes. My behavior steadies. Something in my spirit opens like a rose. I want to feel it, if I can, from the people around me or the spirit of love that flows like an ancient river through the universe. Get that middle part. Maybe I could get really good at loving the world just every other day. Maybe on that day I could love myself as well. Just every other day, let go of self-improvement and challenging other people's mistakes. I invite you to think about doing it every other day, too. Every other day, we could let go of wondering whether we're doing it right or being good enough or wondering if we can improve ourselves. On that day, just rest if we can in the warm animal pleasures of wind and water, food, earth, friends, love, and beauty every other day put in abeyance that drive to feel that we're smart enough and thin enough and cool enough and doing enough. And the reason I write about doing it every other day is that having read Kant, I have to ask what, in the, what the world would be like if all of us did this every day. Kant's universal principle. Figuring out what the ethical thing to do is. What would we be like if everybody did this every day? So I'm not sure how this would work. Maybe if every day... We let go of self-improvement. We would melt into self-satisfied goo. On the other hand, the world would be sour and clammy if we didn't do it at all. So on alternate days, we can agree that all of this love yourself is new age pap. And we can sharpen our intellectual claws in ourselves and each other with edgy glee. I'm growing aware that I do have a resolution for the year. I get to wonder about love. Maybe being grounded in love makes change easier rather than lulling us into staying the same. Maybe if we felt safer, we'd grow more freely. What if we felt really loved? I invite you to ask yourself that question. In your life, are you learning to love and be loved? please say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. The lone wild bird in lofty flight is still with thee. Nor leaves thy sight, and I am thine, I rest in thee. Great Spirit, come and rest in me. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at www.austinuu.org.